ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾ ನಮಃ ಸ್ವಸ್ವೀಸ್ಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಸಮಸ್ತಜನಕಲ್ಯಾಣ ನಿರತಮಯ ನಮಿ ಚಿನ್ಮಯ ದೇವಗುರು ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವಿದ್ವರ ಭೀಶಂಕರ ವಂದೇ ಶ್ರದ್ಧಾ ವಿಶ್ವಾಸಿಣ್ಯಾಭ್ಯಾಪಶ್ಯಂತಿ ಸಿದ್ಧಸ್ವಾಂತಸ್ಥೀಶ್ವರ ವಸುದೇವಸುತ ಕಂಸಚಾನೂರಮರ್ದನ ದೇವಕೀಪರಂದ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ರಾಮಚಂದ್ರಾಯ ವೇದಸೆ ರಘುನಾಥಾಯಾಥಾಯಸೋಧೈರ್ಯಂಭಯತ್ವರೋಗತಾಜಾಡ್ಯಂವಾಕ್ಪಟುತ್ವಂಚನುಮಸ್
situation he did not know and life is a series of experiences and continuously we have to act but when such confusion comes it creates lot of disturbance so he realized that i am absolutely confused regarding my dharma and i am overpowered by this negative emotions so he request bhagwan that please teach me yashreyasya nishchitam bruhitanme that what is good for me what is for my welfare you teach me what is hitkari what is for my welfare my welfare means everyone's welfare also that you teach so generally we ask for something which will give us pleasure or profit but here arjuna says that tell me teach me that which is for my welfare and shishyaste ham shadimam tvam prapannam i am your disciple please teach i don't see anything which will remove this sorrow this grief which is there in my heart with my which is burning my senses so after listening to Arjuna Bhagwan smiled within he did not smile openly because he will feel bad that i am miserable here and he is laughing away so he smiled and he proceeded to teach him so the teachings given by bhagwan sri krishna the essence of the upanishad 
begins from this 11th verse of second chapter many great uh, thinkers and and uh, scholars and great uh, saints they have also commented on uh, bhagavad gita from this verse onwards the famous commentary of bhagwan shri adi shankaracharya who has written commentaries on the upanishads on brahma sutra and so many other independent text he has composed he has written commentary beautiful commentary on bhagavad gita and he starts his comments from this 11th shlok onwards previous shlokas all the first chapter as well as the previous shlokas of this chapter he considers that as a prasthavana as a introduction or as a message for us to understand that all the problems all sorrows are because of moha only delusion moha sakal vyadhin karamula in in ramayana also tulsidas ji says that all vyadhis all suffering is because of moha delusion not knowing thing as it is it's called moha so from this 11th shloka onwards bhagwan begins his teaching the message of the upanishad is conveyed very beautifully in bhagavad gita in our vedas there are as i mentioned there are three sections the karma kanda is there the upasana is there and the jnana kanda is so the maximum portion of vedas vedas means the book of knowledge encyclopedia of knowledge so the maximum portion is about karma kanda then we have upasana and the last portion of the vedas are called the upanishads they contain the knowledge of that brahma or the tatva the reality the very essence of this vedas is given to us in this bhagavad gita the karma kanda is beautifully brought out in the form of karma yoga in this uh, gita upasana bhagwan talks about it as bhakti and then jnana also is revealed so arjuna becomes the nimitta for this grand knowledge to reach us so let us begin the shloka shloka number 11 श्री भगवाच अशोच्चान्वशोच प्रज्ञावादाश्च भाषसे गतासून गतासूश्च नानुशोचन्ति अशोचान्वशोचस्वादाशे गून गूश्च नानुशोचन्ति पंडिता श्री भगवान उवाच भगवान वस्तेष्ट वि big challenge but for the lord it is not very difficult 
the war was about to begin and the leader of this great army suddenly became totally confused and gave up his arms so to bring him out of his delusion and confusion bhagwan started this great teaching all of us we have similar situation in our life the outer situations are different but there is this moha regarding our own self and there is moha regarding our duties and this gives rise to sadness sorrow in our life all sorrows all pain is because of not recognizing ourselves as we are so bhagwan begins his uh, teaching by telling arjuna that you are grieving you have grieved for those who should not be grieved for ashochan anvashochastvam tvam anvashochah you have grieved he was grieving right from the uh, beginning from where he started talking to bhagwan is grieving there is great grief in his heart see generally we grieve when a person has departed or we have lost something but here they were all alive but he is imagining in future that all this will die all of them will die bhishma pitamaha dronacharya and many many great people on either side of the army will die and there was great grief in his heart and this grief one experiences and it cannot be eliminated by anything any object of this world or any other experiences of this world the grief which occupies our heart cannot be eliminated very easily but here bhagwan tells arjuna that you have grief for those who are not should not be grieved for now it's a very interesting uh, thing which bhagwan mentions why they are not to be grieved for there are two main reasons why they need not be grieved one is from the standpoint of atma atma the self doesn't die it is nitya it is eternal so for that which is eternal for that which doesn't die you need not grieve for that and another grief is for that personality bhishma pitamaha as a personality dronacharya as a personality he says that you need not grieve for them because they have led a good life dharmic life and they will be uh, going or they will be living this body also following the path of dharma only a very interesting uh, uh, situation is there in the ramayan also which is uh, connected to this uh, topic here that when dashrath maharaj died and uh, bharat ji was not in town he was called he came he came to know from his mother he directly went to his mother the whole place had become very silent and all nobody was willing to talk to him so he directly went to his mother and he asked that what is 
what happened mother said that i have done great work for you but little problem has come in between what is the problem said your father died when he heard this he just could not bear that sorrow and pain that my father expired and i was not here so he he just became very very unhappy then he asked that what happened then she said the whole story she said and then she said that ramchandra ji has gone to the forest when he heard this he could not bear that pain it became more unbearable for him than his father's death also he said because of me my brother has gone away and my father expired so he started grieving he started lamenting he started blaming his own mother later on when uh, vashishtha maharaj called the meeting i told you about it and uh, he mentioned to bharat that you need not grieve for your father why he gives a list of things he said your father has led a dharmic life and he had he had followed the dharma till the end he need not bother about his life he knew that he will die but still he kept his words but he died out of his great love for ramchandra ji so he has led a dharmic life so you don't have to grieve for him because a person who leads a good life ultimately his gati is also good nahi kalyan krit kashchit durgatim tat gachhati elsewhere bhagwan says that one who follows the path of goodness there is no durgati there is no fall for that person he evolves there is a complete evolution for that person but then again vashishtha maharaj gives a list of people for whom you should grieve he says that those who have taken this birth as a human being but have not led a proper life they have not taken full uh, use of this opportunity and those who have not led a dharmic life we should grieve for them they can be grieved for one who has one who is a householder but doesn't follow the dharma of a householder you can grieve for one who is a yati a sanyasi but doesn't follow that dharma you can grieve for that person one who is not following the dharma but wasting away their life and in all sorts of wrong paths if that person dies then there is no gati but there is durgati happens because this is a long journey our life this lifetime is a long journey of evolution every one of us are evolving day by day every day in all our lifetime we are evolving ultimately to gain the state of enlightenment so those who follow this path then even if they die they continue in the sixth chapter bhagwan tells arjuna that even if a person dies on this good path without attaining the supreme he continues from where he has left suppose a person let us say has reached the fifth uh, level just for argument's sake then when he dies he doesn't have to start from level 
but from fifth only you can continue further. Like our video game, if you reach the level, you can take a pause and continue from where you left. Or like you are watching a movie, then suddenly you get a phone call or some guest come, you give a pause, and then you can continue watching from where you left, unless you have old-fashioned uh, DVD player or something. Similarly, we are following this path, all of us, without exception, man, woman, animal, birds, plant, all of us are evolving spiritually. Every experience we are getting in this world is helping us in this evolution. Every experience is teaching us few lessons which are helpful for us to evolve. And that is the, that is natural. It's like the Gangaji which begins in the Himalayas, it keeps on moving, keeps on moving, teaches till it reaches, till she reaches the Bay of Bengal. Similarly, all of us are evolving till we attain that enlightenment, state of enlightenment. So for those who have lived their life completely, and they continue to lead in that way only, one need not grieve for them. Bhagwan tells Arjuna that Ashochan, you have grieved for Bhishma Pitamaha. But what is wrong? He is leading a dharmic life. He is doing what his dharma is telling, though he is in the opposition side. This is another very interesting factor. Like two, two uh, armies of two countries are fighting. Soldiers from different countries are fighting. But those soldiers, both of them, both the side soldiers are doing their dharma only. They are defending their own country. So from their standpoint, what they are doing is right. Therefore, we have in this world what we call that, I think, the Geneva Convention and all, which protects the right of the soldiers. If they are caught and if they are put in prison, prisoner of war and all, they have to, treat, they have to be treated with proper respect, with proper uh, rules and conduct. Not just like that, because they are also doing their duties. So similarly, here Bhishma Pitamaha, Dronacharya, they are also following their own dharma and doing. No doubt, what uh, Duryodhana was doing was not proper. What Dushasana and all did was not proper. And for them one can grieve, because they will not, what you call, they will have to suffer for some time before they again continue to evolve. It's like a person is detained in some class. They have to repeat that class. Similarly, they will have to repeat some classes till they evolve further. So, Ashochan Anvashochastvam, hey Arjuna, you have grieved for those who need not be grieved. So, that personality keeps on evolving. But from the standpoint of Atma also, which the topic will come further, the nature of that self, from the standpoint of that self also you need not grieve, because self doesn't die. Self remains unchanged, deathless. It is eternal. Self means the very essence of our being. 
the very essence because of which we are what we are, it doesn't die. The personalities may keep modifying and changing. Like for example, children go to the beach and they play in the sand and they prepare different types of uh, images in the sand. You must have also gone to the beach and done that. So different images are made. And sometimes uh, they uh, decorate the images and name those images also. So they make a man, woman, uh, the cows and horses and, and chariots and all, and may name them also. And they ha- may have their own typical personality also, those images. Some may be very aggressive, some may be very gentle, some of them may be very docile. So different uh, personalities they may have. And they are playing, the children are playing there in those in that sand. After some time, what happens? The waves, the high tide and the waves come. The children play and go home. The images are still there. The high tide comes and flattens all those images and then go away. So what happens? The images have got dissolved, but the sand is still there. The sand which has gone to make those images are still there. Tomorrow some other children will come and create some other images using the same material. Hmm. It's just an example. So Atma is like the sand. And all these images are like the changing personalities, the changing bodies, the changing mind which we have. It is possible to experience, it is possible to realize and recognize this Atma in the deep state of meditation. So here our uh, Bhagwan is just telling Arjuna, then how to recognize that self and all will come on later part of the uh, chapter. But here he says that you are grieving for those who need not be grieved for. Ashochan anvashochastvam you have grieved, yet you are talking like a wise person. You spoke like a great wise person who knows the Vedas inside out. You talked about dharma, you talked about varna sankara, you talked about adharma, you talked about how it is bad and what will happen in swarga and all. You talked about, you quoted from the Dharma Shastra and talked about that. But yet you are grieving like a fool, like a non-wise person. So this is a contradiction. Pradnyavadanshya bhasha se, but grieving also. So what is the lakshana, what is the characteristic of a wise person? Bhagavan says, Panditaha. Those who are wise. Pandit is a very technical word, though many times we use that word for everyone, including the uh, the cook. Panditji chai banaji. But Pandit is a, a technical word. It means 
वन हु हैज पंडा पंडा मीन्स नॉलेज ऑफ द सेल्फ वन हु हैज द विजडम और द नॉलेज ऑफ द सुप्रीम सेल्फ इज कॉल्ड पंडित वन हु हैज रेकग्नाइज द इटर्नल नेचर ऑफ इज ओन सेल्फ से ऑल ऑफ अस वी से दैट आई नो माई सेल्फ आई नो माई सेल्फ बट वॉट आई नो माई सेल्फ इज ओनली द टिप ऑफ द आईज बर्ग वॉट आई नो माई सेल्फ इज अबाउट I know all of us know about themselves. What we talk about ourselves is mainly about the body. What we talk about ourselves is the nature of our mind, the thoughts, the emotions. But the very essence of our being is not recognized, is not known. So one who has known that essence is called pandit. So here Bhagwan says a. really a wise person a pandit na anushochanti doesn't grieve doesn't give grieve for those who are alive and those who are dead also why because they know the nature of the self gata soon means one who's from his body the life principle has gone or agata soon one who are still living pandit the wise person doesn't grieve because he knows that the self is still there even when the body falls down dead is not moving the self doesn't die the atma doesn't die see generally people when they there's death in the house and all then they chant this second chapter hmm but it should be chanted before the body we leave the body then it will be understood properly in fact we chanted for those who are alive then so that they can contemplate on the beautiful uh, message which is given in this uh, in this geeta so those who are dead or those who are alive panditaha na anushochanti they do not grieve again and again see that word anushoch is also very interesting shoch means to grieve anushoch means to grieve again and again generally certain things happen in our life and automatically we respond to it with grief or with sadness hmm. a natural response like like a person falls down and there is naturally the there is hurt or some uh, wound is there it's natural and slowly the wound heals if you don't do anything also the wound will slowly and steadily heal the body will heal the wound but suppose a person again and again scratches and refreshes that wound then we will have to call that person little foolish only similarly when certain incident happen in our life we respond to it at times with grief that is called shok but when we recollect it and again grieve that is called anushoch to keep on remembering some people keep diaries also of their grief of sad incident and they read it and they grieve or they keep uh, tell the stories of grief to others and they grieve and make the other person also very sad hmm. so a pandit is one who might feel sadness because of the uh, the passing away of that personality 
a bhishma pitamaha cannot be repeated in this world passing away of that personality can be very very sad but that essence of bhishma is even now it is there it has not died the essence of me will always remain and the outer my form will keep on changing so that which changes naturally whether we grieve or we don't grieve we need not grieve for that and that which is the essence the truth which doesn't change which is eternal for that also one need not grieve so bhagwan begins his great teaching by telling arjuna that please don't cry stop crying and then listen to me properly first you stop your grief become free of that grief and then listen to me properly first he gives the uh, santvana that there is no need to grieve i will tell you why there is no need to grieve and he tells him to remain silent so that he can listen to the reason for why one should not grieve so bhagwan from the following words reveals the reason first he reveals the nature of that atma alone which is eternal very beautiful words the 12th verse bhagwan says natve vaham jatu nasam natvam neme janadhipah nachayvan bhavishyamah sarve vayam atah param natve vaham jatu nasam natvam neme janadhipah नचैवन भविष्यामः सर्वे वयमतः परम हा व्हाई यू शुड नॉट ग्रीव भगवान सेज दैट न तू एव अहम जातु न आसम दैट देयर वाज नेवर अ टाइम इन द पास्ट देयर वाज नेवर अ टाइम इन द ग्रैंड पास्ट व्हेन आई वाज नॉट देयर krishna bhagwan sitting there in the chariot telling arjuna that there was never a time in the past when i was not there in this cosmos when i was absent i was i am never absent i was always there in the past see when we talk about the past our our mind cannot go into that past one year two years five years 10 years thousands of years millions of years, billions of years past even before the creation even before the creation another cycle of creation the past is also infinite and future also is infinite so arjuna looked at him and he said you are a special person you might be there before but what about me what about all these people who are here he says natvam there was never a time when you were also not there 
you were always there in the past and what about this he says na ime janadipaha and even all these great warriors and great kings who have assembled here there was never a time when they were not there they were always there here he is talking of that essence and this is true for all of us who are sitting here that i that essence in you there was never a time when we were not there we were always there we are now we were always there and we will remain in future also na chaivana bhavishyamaha sarve vayamata param in future also we will be there and we will never cease to exist sarve not only us but all of them all of this will remain in future also let us try to understand this now when i i live in this world when i look at myself what do i consider myself to be generally i consider myself to be the body if i consider myself to be the body the body constantly changes body doesn't remain it constantly changes but even when the body changes i continue to exist so there is a something in me an essence in me which exist now which existed before and which will exist in future also like that example i gave of the sand the sand was before and when the uh, images were made the sand is there and later on when the images will dissolve the sand will remain sand will ever remain similarly the essence in you and me will remain and that itself is our own real nature what we consider ourselves to be is changing it's not our nature but our essential nature is something deep something quite amazing see even from the scientific standpoint if we look people are trying to do some research on life that what what makes because our body and all is made up of matter only even a tiny little bacteria is there or a, what you call other creatures are there they are all the outer body is made up of matter made up of atoms but what is that which brings this atoms together a tiny little ant is made up of matter only if you step on it the matter stop moving so it is made up of matter made up of atoms made up of molecules but those and those atoms also are indestructible according to science the matter and energy always exist it doesn't get destroyed can never be created nor can be destroyed but these atoms have come together and formed a beautiful structure atoms by themselves are not wise so what have brought them together what have brought them together this life principle which is 
subtler and which is different from this matter has brought them together and keeps it as a as a unit hmm? so there is a deep intelligence which is keeping all the atoms together and making it function as one unit and after some time the whole body get dissolved every atom in our body get dissolved it remains it is occupied or it uh, some other uh, it occupies some other form but the essence in me it remains unchanged this is the main crux of the teaching of the upanishads the upanishad reveals our own nature to us to give an example modern example of our cell phone which keeps ringing here so cell phone is there which has got outer structure then there is this chip is there which we put inside but the whole thing is activated by that electricity or power is there the battery is there which activates that so at times what happens the machine gets spoiled or we don't like it so we discard it remove the chip and put it in another machine so our body is like that machine outer but the mind and intellect and the life principle is like that chip which exist which doesn't get destroyed which is used in another machine but that atma is still subtler than that atma is that electricity which doesn't have any personality which doesn't have any number which doesn't have any outgoing and ingoing incoming calls which is beyond all uh, interaction that is the very essence similarly we have the body we have the mind and there is that atma the body gets destroyed the mind continuously changes and even when the body drops off the mind continues to exist and it uh, lives in another body it continues to live in so many bodies till one recognizes that atma so from the standpoint of that atma which is eternal hey arjuna you don't have to grieve and this is a message for all of us that natvevaham jatu nasam that there was never a time when you were not there in the past and there will never be a time when you will not be there in future we will always be there our forms may differ we may not recognize ourselves suppose you have your past childhood album also sometimes we don't recognize who we are we don't recognize but we the essence is there will remain ever so this is a very important point but how how does the atma remains unchanged eternal what happens exactly when the body changes that bhagwan now reveals in the next verse he says देहि नोस्मिन यथा देहे 
कौमारम यौवनम जरा तथा देहांतर प्राप्ति धीरस्तत्र नमुष्यति यथा देहे कौमारम यौवनम जरा तथा देहांतर प्राप्ति हाँ भगवान सेज दैट जस्ट लाइक इन दिस लाइफ टाइम इन दिस बॉडी इट सेल्फ देहिन अस्मिन यथा देहे इन दिस बॉडी देर इज दैट एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ दिस सेल्फ आई दैट आई रिमेन्स अनचेंज द एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ आई और द एक्सिस्टेंस ऑफ दैट आई रिमेन्स अनचेंज इवन वेन द बॉडी कॉन्स्टंटली अंडर गोज चेंज सी इन योर चाइल्डहुड द बॉडी वॉज डिफरेंट इट इज सेट साइंस इज दैट एवरी सेवन इयर्स द बॉडी gets totally transformed like in the sense not a single cell which was there 7 years ago will be there now every day the cells die and new cells are born but in 7 years time the whole body has each and every part of our body has undergone change a new new part has come means the entire material which was which was my body let us say in my childhood or 10 years ago that entire material is not there now this is a different material altogether but still the sense of i is still there so amazing it is there was this one barber and he traditional barber his father was also barber and his grandfather was also a good barber so one day one person goes there to uh, shave so he is using that old fashion that uh, razor and barbers generally like to talk as they they keep talking so he was telling that we are khandani barbers and this razor belongs to my great great grandfather which i am using so he was stunned like he looked at the razor he says the handle looks quite new he said yes that i have just replaced it but the blade also which is protruding out these are the two parts the blade also looks quite new he said yes that also i replaced <laughs> both the things are replaced but still he calls it the ancestral razor only like our temples many times the temple undergo lot of change and modification the murti also is sometimes becomes old so it is removed and then another is uh, uh, placed but still we continue calling it the same temple we says that it was established by adi shankaracharya or it was established by the pandavas but things have changed or the river we say that it is same ganga where 
our ancestors used to take bath but the waters have changed so similarly the body which we have now in our childhood not a atom of that body was there it is totally new every part of my body is entirely new the childhood has gone and you are stakam that avastha goes and vridha avastha come the body undergoes total change over but the experience of i the experience of self remains constant in fact we keep calling the uh, i mean uh, thinking about our age and all age of the body but if we close our eyes and look at ourselves you will not uh, realize the age because the sense of self doesn't have any age it's just a number given to this body otherwise there is no experience of age in that pure i consciousness because it is it is present now and it is constantly present it doesn't age body may age or mind may age but that sense of i doesn't age if you close your eyes and look at yourself means uh, experience yourself without thinking of the body that pure experience of that self doesn't have any age doesn't have any shape doesn't have any form doesn't have any color it is pure i consciousness i awareness we give that i some name depending on the body we give that i some name hmm we give that i some personality but that pure i doesn't have any any color any form or any difference and the beauty is the sense of i which you have and the sense of i which i have there is no difference it is the same type of experience only when you add something to that i then the experiences differ ne you say i am a man or i am a woman or whatever your name one person gets a call on his mobile so he asks he doesn't recognize he says kon bol raha hai he says i am speaking he said kamal hai here also i am speaking <laughs> so the sense of i is same everywhere once a professor a philosophy professor came to his class and he wanted to teach about this atma so he made one student stand up he said who are you he said i i am and he was about to tell his name he stopped him he said stop he asked another who are you i am he stopped him everyone in the class they said i am i am i am what they added afterwards is about the body about the mind about the various religions about the various nationalities about the various divisions which we have created in this world but in that pure i am there is no division in bible there is this famous statement is there i am that i am bhagwan says that i am that i am the pure i consciousness 
which is which is free from all personality which doesn't have any anything special but the body the mind and all gives a personality so here bhagwan says if you go deep within you will find that atma the dehi it is called here one who is holding on to this body one who is existing as the essence of this body one who is giving life to this body that is atma that atma dehi nah asmin dehe in this body passes through as though from the balavastha to kumaravastha yuvavastha vriddavastha all these avasthas come to the body the atma remains unchanged from the childhood when i become a youth i do not feel that i have died or something there is no experience of death in fact no one of us have ever experienced death we cannot experience death it is just a fictitious thing like from our uh, others or from the standpoint of body one may experience the falling off of the body but the death which means i am not there that experience is not possible hmm it's like a person is in one room and then he leaves that room and goes to the other room so all the members of that room say oh to chala gaya us gaya but he is there somewhere similarly all those whom we say chala gaya they are there the self is always there it doesn't go anywhere so dehi no spin yatha dehe kaum aram yavanam jara that just as in this lifetime the body changes undergoes transformation but there is no pain and there is no sorrow or there is no change happening in me the i bhagwan says tatha in the same way even when the body falls off the atma will remain as it is and another body will be taken there will not be any change in fact the person who dies he doesn't even know that he has died it is like going to sleep in one body and waking up in another body later on bhagwan will say that one who is born is sure to die and one who is dead is born again so just as in this body itself we go to sleep means we withdraw our attention our awareness of the body goes away going to sleep means we are no longer aware of the body we are no longer aware of the world then again when we wake up we become aware of the body and aware of the world we recognize the body oh this is the same body which was there before i went to sleep and same world is there before i went to sleep but death is one goes to sleep in one body and for and is wakes up in another body and that waking up also becomes very slow because as a child or in the mother's womb and all one is not fully awake and slowly as we grow if we become human being then maybe 5 years 6 years or whatever age we slowly start realizing our own existence as a body as a man or as a boy or as a girl and all so bhagwan says that this atma is eternal it is just a natural process life and death is a natural 
process. Whether we like it or not, the body will keep modifying and changing. Whether we like it or not, it will fall off. We cannot stop it. And Atma, whether we like it or not, it will remain eternal. So, Tatha Dehantara Praptihi. Therefore, Dhira Purush. Dhira means one who is wise, one who has got this power of discrimination, who has sound understanding of the whole nature of the things. Such a person, Na Muhyati, he doesn't get deluded. See, there is one thing called delusion. And that delusion leads to sorrow and suffering. So a wise person is one who is not deluded regarding the nature of his self. It's a most fascinating thing. And that is the thing which we have to recognize. As a human being, all of us, as a human being, we have the capacity to recognize our own self. Because we are awake. Animal, birds, plant are in like a dream state. They are still dreaming. They are not fully conscious. They are like dreaming. They are like sleepwalking. Therefore they behave as they behave, whatever. They sleepwalking like. But human beings are awake. They have the power to think, power to contemplate, and power to be self-aware. Power to think of our own Nature that is there in a human being. It's not there in animal. You don't find animals or monkeys sitting and contemplating on who am I and all. Yeah? Or a dog thinking, I don't know why the world is going to dogs. You don't see it happening. But human being, they have this capacity to contemplate. We have what we call language. This language is not well developed in any other creatures of this world. They cannot communicate. Two cows meeting and all, they don't say hi. Hi guy, how are you? There's no communication. Therefore there is no passing of uh, information also. Therefore they keep on doing the same mistakes also. A crow, the way it was building its nest few centuries ago, same way it builds now also. It has not improved. It has not seen that uh, one bird is there now which builds very beautiful nest. Acha. So crow doesn't learn from that. Baya? Baya, please teach me. <laughs> because there is no communication. But a human being can communicate. As we talk, we can think also. We can speak to others. We can speak to ourselves also. And we have the power to shift our awareness through our power of speech and power of thinking. For example, when I think of, uh, let us say, the moon, I can become aware of the moon. My awareness can go towards the moon. When I think of my body, my awareness can come to the body. I can shift my awareness. I can become aware of the left side of my body, the right side of my body, the toes, the head. I can keep on, what you call, uh, rotating my awareness. That power is there. 
I can I can become aware of subtler aspect of my emotions. I can become aware of the nuances of finer different types of emotion. All these capacities are there. And ultimately we have the capacity to become aware of our own essential nature. My own Swadharma or Swarup. My essential nature that is there which doesn't change. Even when the body changes, I remain. Even when the mind changes, I remain. See, in my childhood, I had a different type of mind, different type of emotion. Intellect was also different, not well developed. But as we grow, our mind becomes more and more developed, more and more mature. Our intellect becomes more refined. So they also change. But the sense of I, which I had in my little childhood mind, and the sense of I which I have now is same. All of us, I hope, all of us, we have this feeling, I mean the uh, deep knowledge that the one who was there in the childhood, like if we see a photograph of some incident which we had done and we remember that, we say, yes, that was me, I, I remember, I had, I know, I remember. So everything has changed, then how come you remember? There must be something in you which has not changed, which has remained constant. That is the most important, interesting thing. That even when everything changes in our, our body, mind, intellect, equipment, the sense of I, the deep sense of I, the I consciousness doesn't change. That I consciousness, pure I consciousness is that self, which has to be experienced as it is, without the confusion and the coloring of our thoughts and our body in its pure form. So Bhagavan begins the teaching by referring, by indicating it here. He says that you don't have to grieve for the self because the self doesn't change. That even when this body falls down dead, the self is still there. It doesn't matter. Therefore, our great rishis and great uh, uh, wise people who had that uh, knowledge of this, the first thing which happens to them is the fear of death disappears. A great uh, Mahatma, Swami Akhandhananji Maharaj, his father was also a great uh, astrologer, his grandfather was also astrologer. So, but he, once he took him to another astrologer, and that astrologer saw his uh, patrika, that kundali, whatever, and hor horoscope. And he said, this child will die at the age of 16. Now this one should not tell directly, but somehow that astrologer told. And Akhandananji got so scared. He was maybe 12 or 13. And he got so scared that I will die. So he started going reading a lot of books, he started going to various Mahatmas, asking them, what is this death, what is life, what is this, can I prevent it, and what to do to overcome this death, and I have heard some stories of some who have overcome death, and all those things. Finally, he raised his teacher, Oriya Baba, and he said, please, somehow help me to prevent death. Uriya Baba told him, very interesting, he said that I cannot stop the body from dying. It is natural. 
it will die at its given time. I don't know whether 16 years or 10 years or 20 years, don't know. But I can remove the fear of death from your mind. I can give you that knowledge which will remove the fear of death from your mind. And he taught him Vedanta. He taught him the knowledge of Upanishad. And on the 16th year, he took sannyas. This sannyas is also like death. Sannyas is also when we drop our personality, we drop our identification with the body and our name, our dress, and we just assume a new birth as though. So by mistake, the astrologer must have seen this, and it was interpreted as death. And he lived for a long time and a great Mahatma. So when we understand this deeply, we will become free of the fear of death and we will be free of delusion. Now Bhagwan was telling this and Arjuna listened very carefully and he understood that I should not grieve for Bhishma Pitamaha, for Dronacharya because they are essentially eternal. Also, because they are good people, they are dharmic, so one need not grieve for them. But, suppose there is not a question of grief, I mean the grief, but there is question of, I mean I don't have delusion, but if there is question of pain, if there is question of suffering, even when I know that Atma is eternal, the, if there is some hurt on my body, I feel the pain. Ne? Just because I know Atma is eternal, I, it is not that I don't get headache. Just because Atma is eternal doesn't mean that I don't become sick. So what about the sorrows or the suffering or the pain and pleasure which we experience in this life? How to deal with it? How to deal with the everyday suffering? And why? What is the cause for that suffering? That Bhagwan reveals... In the next verse, he says, Matra sparshastu kaunteya Shitoshna sukha dukha daha Agamapaino nityaha Tanstitikshasva Bharata Matras Parshastu Kaunteya Shitoshna Sukha Dukhadaha He Bharata, O descendant of Bharata Arjuna. That this uh, sukha and dukha which comes in our life, or the sheeta and ushna, we experience uh, heat, we experience cold, we experience uh, pleasure, we experience pain. Even when one knows that Atma is eternal, Atma is beyond all pleasure, pain, joys and sorrows, but still there is experience of pleasure and pain, heat and cold. So how do we experience this? And what should be our attitude towards it? Bhagwan says, Hey Kaunteya, O son of Kunti, 
Kunti was a great lady and you are her son. Oh, Arjuna. That uh, all this Sita, Ushna, Sukha, Dukha we experience when Matra Sparshaha, Matra means our senses, by which we measure the object. Matra means that by which we measure. So the senses, our senses are called Matra. The eyes, the ears, the nose, the skin. Shabda, Sparsha, Rupa, Rasagandha, we measure through them. They are called uh, matra because through the eyes we measure the colors and the form. Means we understand the color and form. Through ears we understand the sound. And only a small spectrum of sound we can hear as a human being. Some creatures may hear a larger spectrum. Some can see long distance. Hmm. Then touch also. See, all these five senses, they are quite interesting. Through them, we experience the world of objects. And there are only five objects. Shabda, Sparsha, Rupa, Rasagandha. Shabda means sound. Sparsha means touch. Rupa means form or color. Rasa means taste. And Gandha means smell. The world is experienced through these senses. When I am in deep sleep state, the senses are withdrawn and there is no experience of the world. When I am awake and all senses are functioning properly, then there is experience of this world. If any one of the senses is not functioning properly, that part of the world is blacked out. Like So I experience the world through the senses. But the senses, when they touch the objects, means they, when they come in contact with the object, matra sparshaha, when they touch the object, then there is the experience. Our eyes have the capacity to touch objects so far away from us, physically. There are some stars and some galaxies which are so far away, but with our naked eye, we can, we can see them. They are millions and millions of miles away or you can say so many light years away. But still we can see such a marvelous uh, equipment is this eye. It has got so many complex nerves and this and that and it has evolved very beautifully in so many millions of years. And it has got this capacity, though it is so small, it can see Long distance. So eyes. But if there is some noise happening there on the other star, we might not be able to hear. Hearing, it should be slightly closer. Like there is lightning and thunder. We can hear the thunder. But it is closer. So eyes, ears. Then for smell, it can be in the surrounding and we can get the smell, the fragrance. Hmm. Then for touch, it should be closer still. You cannot touch a distance object and check it out. But if some smell is coming, you can smell it. Touch, it should be very close. 
and for taste it should be actually inside us looking at rasgulla touching the rasgulla will not help though we we'll do it when we go shopping and all bahar rakhe hue hote bahut sare item people touch it and see fresh hai kya acha hai so touching cannot give us that it should touch our tongue it should go inside our body i mean in the tongue so these five sense organs are so very fantastic and they give us the experience of the world the world which we see through the senses what you see and what i see is the same but then after seeing it the mind interprets it for example this watch i see it and you see it so what i see and what you see it's same you i hope you are getting the same image though it is a little distance but uh, same image same watch we are seeing but when i see it i interpret it as my watch so that my comes in that and when you interpret you say swami ji ka bada acha hai pata nahi so that is our interpretation the senses only gives perception but mind gives commentary on the perception and this commentary gives us trouble if it is a wrong commentary it gives trouble like cricket match or some other match the commentator sometimes give more trouble so like a dog may also see the watch human being also sees the watch there is no trouble in the dog's mind if it is eatable he eats otherwise he just looks at it and goes away so our senses they just help us to perceive the world but and the when it is perceived it enters our system it goes into our mind the information goes into our mind and the mind keeps interpreting it keeps judging it keeps comparing it keeps uh, evaluating it keeps thinking about good bad likes dislikes and all interpretation is there in the mind and based on those interpretation and based on our understanding of life and our wisdom our interpretation also differs hmm? like suppose a flower is there and we offer it to the lord and then somebody gives that flower so we take it as prasad our mind interprets it as prasad sometimes some foreigners or some other people come and sometimes we give them some tirtha or something they don't know what to do pani kyu de rahe hain mere haath mein they get little scared bisleri hai kya is it mineral water nahi ye tirtha hai ganga ji ka hai and there you see a dead body floating on the ganga and you don't know what to do with this so many people just make an action of drinking and then they throw it also so the senses gives us the perception of the world and the mind interprets the world again the senses it uh, when we perceive we experience uh depending on our mind depending on our samskar the perception can give us joy or sorrow 
or we experience at physical level also heat or cold. When the senses come in contact with the world outside, we experience heat and cold or the different experience at the physical level and we experience Sukha Dukha, different range of Sukha Dukha at the level of our mind. And this is natural. Bhagavan says this is natural. Whether you like it or not, whether you are ignorant or wise, everyone experiences heat and cold and Sukha Dukha. For a, a, a sadhu or a saint also experience uh, heat and cold. And a, an ordinary ignorant person also experience heat and cold. But because of the interpretation of the mind in a very negative way, sometimes the ignorant person suffers more. When we are in a very warm place and all, some people are so uh, agitated and all, they keep, uh, they remove their little handkerchief and they start blowing as though it is like an air conditioner or something. And they get so agitated. So they suffer. Another person sitting calmly, he is also experiencing the same uh, heat, but there is less of suffering. See, suffering is because of our interpretation. Heat and cold is something natural. If a Mahatma touches the fire, he will feel the heat. If the Mahatma, what you call a realized master, also eats something uh, uh, which is conducive to the body, it will help. If it is not conducive to the body, it gives trouble to the body. But the suffering will not be there in case of a realized master. But unnecessary suffering will be there in other ignorant person. Even when things are good, when they are quite nice, everything is fine, still we misinterpret it and suffer. Unnecessarily. You are like that, only you never smile at me. And we suffer. That is our interpretation of our life. So, matras parshastu kaunteya shitoshna sukha dukkhadaha. The senses, when they come in contact with the objects, they give shitoshna, heat and cold and heat, sukha dukkha, pleasure and pain. They are the givers. But hey, Arjuna, remember, agama apainaha, that they come and they go. There is a beginning to this experience and there is an end to this experience. As long as that sparsha is there, there is experience is there. As soon as the sparsha is removed, experience goes away. Like I am looking at this watch, as long as my eyes are open and looking at it, I am experiencing the watch. When I close my eyes, I no longer experience the watch. But I still see it, the mind is creating that image from memory. The senses are not giving me the image. The mind is creating that image. But otherwise, the image has stopped. And if I live in a state of total meditation and full awareness in the present moment, then when the object goes, all the images and all also go away with it. One need not carry. Some people carry their past and they suffer more. There's a very famous uh, story is there from 
Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, you must have heard that two monks were walking, going in the forest somewhere, and they had to cross a stream. One elderly monk and a young boy was there, and they were walking. So then uh, this, um, they came across the stream, and they saw one beautiful young girl was sitting there and crying. They asked, what happened? She said, I want to cross this river, but uh, stream, but a lot of water and all, I am frightened. So the young dynamic monk was there. He just uh, uh, lifted her and crossed the uh, stream and just placed her there. And again, the other monk also crossed and they started walking further. After going for five, ten minutes, the elderly monk said, He said, what kiya? He said, you lifted her. He said, lifted whom? He looked here and said, what did I lift whom? He said, there, dust minute pehle. Oh, you lifted that girl. And you placed her there. It is not good. You are a monk. He said, I lifted her and I left her there. You are still carrying her in your mind. (laughs) And that is exactly what happens in our life. That our experience which is given to us by the senses, they have a beginning, they have an end. But we keep them strongly embedded in our memory. Keep what you call doing action replay, if they are pleasurable, or even if they are painful, we keep doing action replay, and we keep on suffering again and again, unnecessarily. If they are pleasurable, if you do action replay of pleasure, then it develops attachment. If we do action replay of pain, it gives rise to the deep sorrow and suffering. Hmm. Either way, it is bad. So, Bhagwan says, Hey Arjuna, that this pain and suffering which comes, they have a beginning and they have an end. Anityaha, they are non-eternal. They are not something which holds on to us permanently. We have lived in this world for millions of years and we have experienced millions of different things. All of them are not holding on to us. They have come, they have gone. They are anityaha. So what should I do? Bhagavan says, Tans titikshasva bharata. Hey bharata. Hey Arjuna. You just bear with them. As they come, you bear with the pleasure and the pain also. Bear means you just experience it at that time and when it goes, let it go. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. Because once they go, another thing comes. So bear with them. Let the the life is a moment like. So just keep moving. Don't hold on. Just like we are sitting in a train and looking out of the window. Lot of scene pass by. So just keep looking at them. Don't hold on to anything. Don't keep on turning your head and then seeing all this and it will develop a pain in the neck. So just look whatever comes. That which goes doesn't matter and things will come. So similarly, bear with it. Tanstitikshasva bharata. 
And if I bear with it, what will happen? How it will help me? How it will help you spiritually? That Bhagwan now will tell in the next verse, which we will see tomorrow. We'll conclude with a prayer. Please close your eyes and sit still.